Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for yet another day. We thank you for not giving up on us. We thank you for qualifying us. We thank you for loving us with an everlasting love. We thank you that we do not miss the year 2022. We thank you for ideas, ideas that will change every area of life you have given unto us. We thank you for grace to pay the price for these ideas. We thank you that we cancel every spirit of a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands. We thank you that you are ever-present help in time of trouble. Indeed, happy is the man that has the God of Jacob for his help. We thank you for boldness. We thank you for the grace to be restless. We thank you for every good thing that we have because of our association with Christ Jesus. We thank you that the blessings of Abraham are ours. We thank you that you call us your children. And most importantly, we thank you that we can call you our Father. We pray and may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Wow, we are moving forward and we really want to thank God for qualifying us to see another day. We know that we must work the works of Him who has sent us. While our meet our satisfaction in life is to do the will of God and to accomplish it. Last week we started on our first series for the year 2022. That is, what does God expect from us? Why did God give us life? Why did God die for us? Why did God give us the Holy Spirit? Why has He given us ministry and spirit? What is He expecting in return after making all this investment in our lives? And that's what we are seeking to answer in this series that we have been doing. And we have been learning from Matthew chapter 22, the verse 14 to the verse 30. So let's briefly have a look at it again. We should never get tired of reading the Bible again and again and again and again. Because every time God ministers to us something new and God fills us with refreshing words. So I read, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to every man according to his ability. And straight away he took his journey. Then he that had five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise he that received two, he also gained other two. But he that received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. And after a long while, after a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that received five came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained besides them five talents more. And his Lord said unto him, Thou good and faithful servant, Thou hast been faithful over few things. I will make thee a ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Verse 22. He also that received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servants. Thou hast been faithful over few things. I will make thee a ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Verse 24. Then he which had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, <laughs> reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not stored. And I was afraid, and I went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. And the Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, 
thou knowest that I reap where I soweth not, and gather where I strut. Thou ought therefore to have put my money to the exchanges, and when and then at my coming, I should have received my own with, with surety. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which had ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that does not hath shall be taken away even that which he hath. Verse 30. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. We energize the verse 10. It's quite interesting. I don't know, it's really good. But we thank God for the reason of his word. You know, anytime I read, I always learn something new. So initially, the episode or this teaching or this discussion should have been a two-part series. <laughs> but every day I'm reading it, I'm getting more. <laughs> Let's see, it may become a six-part series. <laughs> so last week, we started by saying that this parable, many call it the parable about investment, or about being a good and faithful servant about a bag of gold or whichever title. But then we learn that the parable is about the kingdom of God. So in as much as it can be applied into investment, into our daily living, it's about the kingdom of God. And we learn several things that one of the things is that the master went to a faraway country, but then he would return. And last week we did an exegesis about the background of the parable. Today we want to look at the first two servants, the one who was given five talents and the one who was given two talents. And we ended by saying that straight away, the two of them went to work with the talent. And we ended by quoting Ezra chapter 6 verse 14. I love the scripture so much and I hope that you will join me and let's memorize Ezra chapter 6 verse 14. It's quite a lengthy verse generally or relatively. It says, And the elders of the Jews built and they prospered through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet and Zachariah the son of Edo. And they built and they finished it according to the commandment of the God of Israel and the commandment of Cyrus and Darius and Artaxerxes, the king of Persia. There's so much beauty in this verse. Let's look at the verse 15. And this house was finished on the third day of the month Adar, which was the sixth year of the reign of Darius the king. For this episode, we're just focusing on the fact that they built, they prospered through their prophesies. They built, they finished it according to the commandment of both God and of Cyrus. And we said that when God gives us something, what is he expecting of us? is to work what are we so or what is god expecting of us so that's the question we are trying to answer or what does god expect in return after god has made all these deposits in us is that we should work so if you look at revelations when jesus was having his say about the seven churches in all the seven churches he started with the same line i want us to just look at it quickly let's start from revelation chapter 2 um from the verse 2 so revelation 2 2 just the first part of the sentence it says i know your works revelations 2 2 i know your work that is to the church of ephesus then now we go to verse 8 that is to the church in Samaria, and it says verse 9 so revelations 2 verse 9 let's go to the verse 9 so the verse, verse 2 is about to the church in ephesus the verse 9 to the church in Samaria, and it says the verse 9 i know your works Let's go to verse 13. And in verse 13, it's about the church in Pergamos. And it starts, I know thy works. That is to Pergamos. Then now let's go to the next one. That's the church in Thyatira. And in the verse 19, it says, I know thy works. Then let's go again to the next church, which is in chapter 3. Chapter 3, which is the verse, um, I think the verse 1. The verse 1. 
and unto the church and unto the angel of the church in Sardis write these things, says he that has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know thy works. And let's just look at one more in the verse 7. Revelation 3 verse 7 is to the church in Philadelphia. And in the verse 8 he says, I know thy works. So in all the churches, Jesus starts with the same sentence. So in all the churches, Jesus starts with the same sentence. After he introduces himself, and it's quite interesting, one time you look at it, in all the churches, Jesus introduces himself differently. To a church he says, I'm the one who walks in the midst of the seven candles and holding in my palms are the seven stars. Another church he introduced himself as the faithful witness, the amen, the alpha, the omega. Another church he introduced himself as he who was there and is alive. So immediately introduce himself. The next thing he says that I know your works. What is God expecting of us? He's expecting us to immediately after we have received of him is to go and work. You know, sometimes, especially in the African setting, we think it's all about the anointed. But the reason why you are anointed is not to get a name. The reason why you are anointed is not to mount the big puppets. The reason why you are anointed is not to make a name for yourself. The reason why you are anointed is not to make life easy for yourself. The reason why you are anointed is not to get seats from people. The reason why you are anointed is not to get favor. But the reason why God has anointed us with the Holy Ghost and with power is for us to work. There is no anointed man who is not a hard worker. Just recently, I was looking at John Wesley, and it is said that John Wesley preached 40,000 sermons. 40,000 sermons. This was a man who was not living in the era of technology. He preached 40,000 sermons on the back of a horse. So I heard there was the story of a man who was, I don't know, criticizing John Wesley or making certain comments about him. And this man, with all his morph morph in his whole life, he preached 12,000 sermons. This was a man that had abundance of technology, TV, radio, all sorts of media, and he was able to preach 12,000 sermons. But this man, Mr. John Wesley, on the back of a horse, he preached 40,000 sermons. Do the math and see, even if you are preaching once every Sunday, calculate the number of years you must have lived or you must live to preach 40,000 different sermons. And they said about John Wesley that when he was around 85 or 86 or 84 years old, he was angry with his doctor because his doctor told him to sleep. And in one of his journals, he wrote that as he keeps going older, the desire to stay in bed after 5.30 p.m. is increasingly becoming strong. For since he became born again for all his life, he used to wake up at 4.30 a.m. every single day. If my, my, my memory says me, I used to wake up at 4.30 and used to pray for three hours every single morning before he jumps on his horseback and he preaches from town to town, from city to city. This was a man that was not just anointed, but a man who lived, a man who worked. Just look at it. I was just imagining, sometimes just preparing for this podcast, sometimes the, the energy that it takes away. I'm like, hey, so imagine that you are a pastor. Every single Sunday, at least you are preaching once, or every single week, you are preaching once. And every single week, you must get something different to say. Look at men of God. You see, sometimes people think that men of God do not work. As I, I think I gave the example of when he was telling me about a particular spiritual instructor, how he did, I think, 72 days fasting. And all the days, he was the one leading the prayers, both in the morning and the evening. This was a man who was still preaching on Sundays. This was a man who was still accepting preaching appointments. He was traveling, he's writing books at the same time. 
he was able to do all these things. Just look at Jesus. The man was hungry that he could not follow his disciples to go and get food. So he sat at the well. And even when he was hungry and an opportunity presented himself, the scenario we call the woman at the well, he got up and he got to work and he started to minister to the soul. And when he came, and when the disciples came, and he said, ah, when you know the one that was so hungry that could not work, he said, Charlie, I have meat to eat that which you do not know of. My meat is to do the will of him who has sent me and to accomplish it. Jesus worked. That is why sometimes on the boat, he could fall into a deep sleep. Do you know how tired you must be to fall into a deep sleep when you're in the middle of a storm? Jesus told all the churches, I know thy works. What God is interested in is your works. And even every day as I'm living, I'm getting to realize how important this is. You see, for most of us, our life is just going to work and come back. And when we come back, we tell ourselves we are so tired. So we just sit behind the couch and we are pressing up home. Or we are just turning the TV remote. They may be occasionally or once or twice a week we go to church. That is not good enough. Immediately you come from work, you must take an hour or two rest and you must get to work. That is how you can become productive in life. That's how you can get things done. That is how you can actualize your dream, the visions and the ideas that God has given to you. You must work. I really cannot emphasize this thing. There's a particular instructor I also watch every day. He has a training service for his pastors. And I've been following him for more than a year now. And every day in the morning, he has a one-hour training session. I watch on YouTube sometimes. In the evening to have. And this man, again, is also writing books. He has written several books. Do you know the effort it takes in just writing one good book? Not a pamphlet, though. A book full of 200, 300, 400 pages. Do you know the extensive research it takes? No wonder these people are where they are. And even if you look at the countries, you look at countries, go and look at the history of America. I, I recommend that you watch the men who built America. You'll be amazed how people were digging tunnels when Africa were just here playing the buffoonery with our, with our independence, our so-called independence. We are not willing to work. All we are willing to do is to go for loans, is to do things that does not require putting in the labor. But when the master gave the talents, the Bible said immediately they went to work. We are moving forward. But is God just interested in any work? It's not just about working, but it's about working with what God has given to you. And it's interesting that when the master came, he was not looking for his talents that he gave the people. In fact, the one man who brought back what God had given him, God called him or the master called him a wicked and a slothful servant. I mean, God is not interested in the anointing he has given to you. God is not interested in the graces he has given to you. God is not interested in the call over your life. That is not what God is looking out for in your life. What God is looking out for is what you have used, what he has given you. So God is not come to ask you, hey, is my teaching anointing still on your life? God is not come to ask you, is my business grace still upon your life? God is not coming to ask you, is my is my writing grace still on your life? That is not what God is coming to ask you. God is coming to ask you what that he has given you. What are the results of your working with it? Look at Ghana. I always make this scenario. Look at the Nigerians. I, I, I read somewhere that the movie industry is dominated by three countries. America, India and Nigeria. But look at our Ghanaian actors. I don't want to go personal on them. But Nigerians are producing movies at a rapid rate. Even I, well, I remember last year Christmas, I was amazed. Just on the idea of Christmas, you can get at least 500 different movies that 
America or as in Americans have acted just based around Christmas. Different, 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 different movies. Wonderful storylines just based on Christmas. So you see titles, eh, eh, what Home Alone, you see titles like maybe Love on Christmas or Family, different, different movies just based on Christmas. These people are working, but God has given us the same abilities as we have. We have talented actors, we have talented footballers, but it's not about what God has given to you. It's about what you have used, what God has given to you. So when the master came, he commended the servants that worked with his talents. What God is interested in is not just your work, but God is interested in profitable work. You see, that is why this parable is most often taught as as a business or an investment parable. Because wherever you see the word business, business always applies in the profit sense. And this is what many of us do not appreciate about God. But God is a businessman. What God is interested in is profit. I repeat, what God is interested in is profit. So when the master came, he did not come and ask for his five talents. He came to ask for the profit of his five talents. And he came to announce to you, when God meets you on that day or when we meet God, he's not going to judge you on the grace of writing he has given you, the grace of acting, the grace of business, the grace of influence, the grace of preaching, the grace of engineering. It's not about the gifts that God has given to you, but it's about the profits, it's about the benefits, it's about the results that you have produced from what God has given to you. So Paul told Timothy that give yourself wholly unto these things that thy profiting, that thy profiting may appear unto all. Paul told again Archippus that take heed to the ministry which God has given to you and see to it that you accomplish it. God is obsessed about prophets. So in 1 John 15 verse 8, remember what he says. He said, this is the Father glorified that you will do what? Bear much fruits. God, God is not interested in little fruits. He's not interested in a number of fruits. He's not interested in many fruits, but he's interested in much fruits. And take note, God is not interested in seed. God gives us seed, but when he's coming, he's not come to ask for the seed he has given us. He's come to ask for the profit, the fruits, the result of the seed that God has given to you. Ghana, what are you doing with the footballing talents that God has given to you? Ghana, what are you doing with the acting abilities that God has given to us? Ghana, what are you doing with the gold that God has given to us? God is angry when people are maintaining what he has given them. When God was giving us a tree, he didn't, he's not coming to come and he's not coming to ask you about how well the tree is kept. When God is coming, he's going to ask you which different pieces of furniture were you able to make from the tree I have given to you. So the first commandment he gave to Adam is saying be fruitful. God is a businessman. He's interested in profit. In case you think that God is just a father, which he is. God is just a Lord, which he is. God is just a creator, which he is. I came to tell you something else about this, our father. He's a businessman. He's profit oriented. I remember one time I was listening to um, a professor and a reverend minister. I think he was is a professor in Agric. And it was like, he was, she did a research for a businessman who was into, I think, cassava processing. And he, according to the professor, he used to go to the bush to come up with, like, he used to do various things. I think he even came up with a variety of cassava in Ghana or, yeah, cassava or yam. And it was like how he presented his findings to this businessman. 
And the business manager sat down. I remember he was so angry. He said, the manager sat down and begged to put his leg on the table. That, hey, me, Professor Pan, this guy was not going to school. And the guy just took a calculator and he punched the figures. He was like, ah, prof, this one, yeah, the profit, yeah, let's say the profit about 100,000. Ah, prof, 100,000, yeah, is not money. Eh? I want something that will bring me millions, millions. And the guy was so angry. But that's how businessmen are. All we are interested, I'm seeing we because I'm a businessman. <laughs> All we are interested about is profit. Honey, God is not coming to ask you about the five talents, how well you kept them. God is not interested in how well you have kept the two talents. He's interested in the profit you made from the five, the two, and the one talent. So this is what Paul and Peter understood. If you read 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, let's, let's just read it. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 5 peter is communicating the same idea to us and he says that i, I want to read the 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 verse 8 before i read the verse i want to start from the bottom the verse 8 it says that if these things be in you and abound they make that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our lord jesus christ and we'll look at the preceding that but i want to just focus on the fact that if these things abound in you they shall make that you will not be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You know, this is one of the reasons why I personally believe that this is why I personally believe that there will be more people in heaven than on earth. Personally, I have that belief. Because I know that God is a businessman. God did not invest in salvation. God did not invest in humanity to lose to the devil. Ah, God forbid that there be more people in hell than in heaven. And that's not a prudent business to make. And for a God who is so obsessed about fruitfulness, who is so obsessed about profit, he would never allow the devil to win. He would definitely get a bigger harvest. And even if you look throughout Jesus' sermons, many of his sermons were talking about fruitfulness. Say, hearing is the Father glorified that he would bear much fruit and now the question is how do we multiply our five talents to give us five more and the answer is simple is by adding value to what god has given you honey to your prayer anointing add knowledge sweetheart to the beauty that god has given to you add character this is what will make you get the benefit or reap the benefits from what god has given to you so to your preaching grace, to your preaching ability, add knowledge, be a student of the word. By this, this is what Paul told Timothy, that give yourself wholly to whatever God has given to you. Add value to what God has given to you. Therein, your profiting will appear unto all. So now let's go back to Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5. Remember in Romans, I think Romans 5, it says that for God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. So the day you became born again, you became because you can only become born again by faith. So at our spiritual birth, God gave to us a measure of faith. But look at what Paul is telling, what Peter is telling us and in verse 5, Second Peter. Look at what Peter is telling us in 2 Peter 1, verse 5. It says, And beside this, giving all diligence. Huh? So you see the way it will take. I like Peter, Peter. He said, Giving all diligence. Invest everything. Invest all your energies. He said, give all diligence. Add to your faith. So it is not just enough to have faith. It is not just enough to have faith. That's what God has given to everyone. But Peter is telling us that add to your faith virtue. Add to your virtue knowledge. Add to your knowledge 
temperance. Add to your temperance. Patience. Add to your patience. Godliness. Add to your godliness. Brotherly kindness. And add to your brotherly kindness. Charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they shall make you neither barren nor unfruitful. So how do you use the gifts that God has given to you? Or what is God expecting of you? to do with whatever he has given to you is not just to work but is to work with the end of making profits and the only way you can make profits is when you add it is not enough to have the grace of prayer where you can stand in prayer and pray for 10 hours it is not enough to your prayer add character to your prayer add knowledge to your teaching grace add character to your teaching grace, add wisdom and understanding. You see, that is what Africans will do. That's why many people, many African people, African preachers, they don't see the value of education because for them, all they think they need is the anointing. I'm sorry to bust your bubbles. All you need is not the anointing. You will need to add to the anointing. You see, I remember one time, about five years ago when I was in university, we were having a Bible discussion and a guy was talking that, eh? Look at prophet so so and so. He's using his prophetic gift. Why is it there's no need to go to school? Like eh, uh, that. Mm, wh- what has he used his math degree for? What is he using his this degree for? And we are having a this. And the guy was so adamant that eh, all you need maybe is English. Without one crack, God doesn't need language. God is not limited by language. And I'm not surprised such people, their ministry does not influence their small community. Their ministry does not go beyond the five talents that God has given to them. It is not enough to have the grace of preaching. You must study. And sometimes you'll be amazed. I was going to one spiritual instructor and he was saying that before he preaches one single sermon, he reads not less than 50 different commentaries on the verse. So let's say now that I'm, I'm, I'm sharing on the parable of the talents, which we are titling, What Does God Expect? This spiritual instructor is saying that before he preaches on this parable, he would have read not less than 50 different commentaries, just one sermon. So look at the effort he puts into the sermon he produces. It is no wonder his sermon transcends generations. His sermon transcends race, people, and times. And that is sadly what people, especially Africans, we are doing. Honey, you see, you see some ladies, they think that because they are beautiful, they can get through every door in life. And because certain doors have opened in response to them, they think that all they need is to be beautiful. Listen, even your beauty, you must add to your beauty. You cannot deny the fact that when a lady makes up, does the hair nice and does the makeup home, it adds to the beauty. So even raw beauty is not beautiful. You must add to your beauty. And this is what Africans in particular are failing to realize. So to your certificate, even in the, in the market, your certificate is not enough. To your certificate, you must add hard work. To your certificate, you must add skills that you will not be taught in the classroom. To your certificate, you must add faithfulness. To your certificate, you must add diligence. That is the only way you can profitably use what God has given to you. To your anointing, you must add love. Other than that, your ministry will not grow. Other than that, your church will not grow. Other than that, whatever God has assigned to you to do will not grow because you can't be treating people badly and expecting growth to happen. Look at Ghana. 
That's the difference between Africa and, and Europe, if I should say. All that we have is our cocoa. All that we have is our gold. All that we have is our arable lands. Look at our tourist industry, for example. All our major tourist sites are the natural things that God has given to us. That's the number one. The second one are the things that European built for us, like our forts and our castles. Those are the two main tourist attractions we have in Ghana. How many people would come to Ghana to go and see a museum? How many people would come to Ghana to go and see something that people built? I heard, I think in Nigeria, I heard a, a, a spiritual instructor, his church or his, his, his um, edifice, he, he generated a term we call religious tourism because people used to travel from all around, across the world just to see the building he has built. And that can also be seen in scripture from Solomon. People did not come to see Solomon's land. They came to see the temple of Solomon. People go to America, they go to Disneyland. Disneyland was not given to them by God. Disneyland is what they built. Listen, the money we are generating from our waterfalls cannot develop the country. The money we are generating from our botanical forest cannot develop the country. The money we are, we are generating from our mountains cannot develop the country. We must add substantial value to these natural tourist sites that God has given to us. I remember when I went to school first, I went to university. I and my friends were like, oh, we have come to a new region. So we want to tour the region. We went to, I think, um, um, Lake Busuntri. I think they were the only artificial lake or so. And we were surprised. When we got there, even water we could not buy. There was none available. I don't know if it has changed now. This was some years ago, about seven, eight years ago. Even water, there was nothing like a food joint. There was nothing like a piece of um, um, a snack bar. Nothing. There was not even a bench. It was just the water that was falling. Common benches where people can sit, creating a conducive place where people can have some sort of a picnic. Nothing was there. It was just the water that is going up or whatever that is just flowing. That is why we are not profitable. And that is why when God will come, he will lash us. Pa, 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 pa. We are still depending on our natural talents. When people are adding data and science to their football, we are adding spiritual powers and funny things to our football. That is why we cannot make profits from what God has given to us. It's so sad that at this age, we are still depending on our natural resource. At this age, we are still depending on the natural elements for our family. But I came to tell you that God is not interested in what he has given you. God is interested in what you are doing with what he has given to you. What are we doing with the grace of writing that God has given to you? It's going to take work. It's going to take work. It's going to put a strain on you. It's going to take a toll on you. That's the price it takes. It pays for profit. And when you watch the documentary, you see how people were building the railway sector. You see how people, nations were building their roads. You see how nations had to make certain sacrifices. They had to cut down on certain things just to build the nation. And no wonder the tomato farmer would have to sell thousands of baskets to make a thousand dollars. But just with one single phone, Apple makes triple that amount. Just one device, one small device, can be what a tomato farmer would make in five years. How can you be profitable in that? That's why I remember I said the other time in the podcast that no nation that has agriculture 
as their backbone is a developed nation. No nation, no nation can develop on agriculture. And your life cannot develop on the natural things that God has given to you. It is not enough to have a singing grace. To your singing grace, add knowledge. To your singing grace, add virtue. To your singing grace, add character. To your singing grace, add understanding. God is interested in the extra five. God is interested in the extra two. And that is what God expects of us. And it's going to take you work. I remember the story of Joshua. The Bible says that when Joshua was about 80 years old, the Lord came to him and said, Oh, Joshua, you are already an old man. <laughs> and upon all the battles Joshua has fought, God told him that, Charlie, there are still more lands to conquer. Upon all the battles Joshua has fought, even though they were in the promised land, God told Joshua, I told Abraham that I'm taking you to a land flowing of milk and honey. Even though they were in that land, that was not the end. <laughs> that was not the end. Even though Joshua had broken down Jericho, he had destroyed many nations. At the age of 80, he has been fighting all his life. God told Natalie, it's unfortunate that you are growing old, but there's still a lot of work to be done. And when the master shall return, he's not going to ask you about the five talents or the two talents or the one talent. He's going to ask you about what you made with the extra. Our God is a God of profit. Our God is a God of interest. Our God is a God of fruitfulness. And what does God expect of you in the year 2022? Is that the idea that God has given to you, he's not, exp he's not expecting you to work but he wants the profits that you will get from your work. And you see, if you're running a business and you, you would really appreciate how difficult it is to make profit, how you must streamline costs, must cut down on certain wastage, how you must cut down on certain expenditure just to make profits, understand the labor and the work that it involves. We just want to briefly come to an end as we look at a statement that Apostle Paul made in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. The Apostle Paul is speaking here. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. I love Apostle Paul. Let's look, let's look at it again. First Corinthians 15, 10. I would appreciate it if, if you can look into the word. By the grace of God, I am what I am. So I am a singer by the grace of God. I am a writer by the grace of God. I am an engineer by the grace of God. I am a scientist by the grace of God. I am a social media whatever <laughs> by the grace of God. I am an administrator by the grace of God. I am an HR by the grace of God. I am a teacher by the grace of God. I am a preacher by the grace of God. I am a prophet by the grace of God. And this grace was not bestowed upon me in vain. So how would you make the grace that God has given to you not be in vain? It's by laboring more abundantly than everybody. What made Paul Paul was not the spirit of revelation he had. I wish you could believe me. I wish you could believe God's word. What made Paul outstanding from others was not because he was more anointed than they were. Because for Paul, he even had second-hand experience of God, of Jesus. He saw Jesus in the vision. Peter ate with Jesus, slept on the same mattress with him. They all used the same, um, they all used the same washroom. They, 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 oh, 
for three years. I like the way John put it. He said, that which we have seen, which our hands have handled, we have looked upon. Like, we have had a close, intimate relationship. All these people, the reason why Paul is poor, it was not because of the revelations he had. It was not because of the wisdom he had. It was not because of the grace upon his life. But it was because he labored more abundantly than they all. He labored. He worked it off. So the reason why America and Europe is Europe is not because they have good weather. They don't. It's not because they have natural resources. They don't. It's not because they have favorable weather conditions. They don't. It's not because they have more natural tourist sites than Africa. They don't. It's not because they have more footballing or music or entertaining talent. They don't. But the reason why they are there and we are here is because they labored more abundantly than they are. You see, every career, sometimes look at the movies a year in a year. And an actor, let's say, a common actor, let's say, um, what, Dwayne Johnson or um, this, this guy. I've forgotten his name. But the actors we know in, in Europe, in a year, look at the number of movies they produce or they act in. And do you know how difficult it is? Memorizing those scripts. I remember one day I was watching a, 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 a documentary of how a particular series was done. And if you see their, their, their scripts that they are supposed to memorize, I say, hey, that's why the exams, uh, I don't learn like that. And it's not just about reciting a script line, but it's about putting yourself, about acting the role. And if in the year they are producing seven, eight, nine, ten movies, do you know the labor it requires? You, you are an actor in Ghana. In a whole year, you don't even act one full movie. You act... It takes you two, three years to shoot one movie. You see, that's why I, I, I really, I really admire um, Kumawood. Even though we make a mockery of them, that their quality of acting was not the best. Even though we make a mockery that some say that they use an iPhone to shoot the whole movie. In fact, a scenario, a situation can happen in Ghana in the morning. Then by evening, they have produced a movie. We may mock them, we may laugh at the acting, but you can't deny how profitable that business was. I really underestimated the profit that Kumasi actors were making from those, in quotes, low-quality movies. Until one day I was watching a documentary, I think, of a, of a footballer who was talking about, I think he was in either Korea or one of those countries, and was saying that those Kumawood movies were a big shot in that place because all the Ghanaians over there, that's what they all watch to entertain themselves because that's what they could relate with. Because when they turn on the TV, they don't understand the Chinese culture or the Ukraine. They don't and the language. They don't even understand the language. So he was saying that whenever he comes to Ghana, he always goes to um, Oprah Square or so, and he used to buy the CDs, plenty of them. He says he used to buy every single one of them. And when he's going, he used to. And whenever he gets there, he says he can watch it and laugh and laugh and laugh. It makes him feel at home. And those the Kumawood industry were making money. Not because they were talented, not because they had the right equipment, but because they were producing a lot of movies. They were producing movies like the way Mosquito gives birth. So it may not be of good quality, but it was yielding profit. We will do ourselves a profession. And when I'm talking about we, I'm talking about the Accra actors. <laughs> They do themselves a brofusem, a brofusem. Then one vows they they will release a movie. Then one Christmas we are releasing the movie. Go to Nigeria movie industry. Go on Netflix. They release movies like like uh, like Mosquito Giving Birth. They produce. Go to India. Look at India, Indian um telenovelas and the rest. If you go to almost every provision shop in Ghana in the evening 
everybody is behind what Max TV or so watching these things. Do you know the effort it takes? They even translate it into three. Do you know the effort it takes? But you are you are a Ghana movie person. You can't even translate your movies into French or Spanish, and you want to make profits. I am what I am by the grace of God. I am a movie actor. I am an actor by the grace of God. I'm a producer by the grace of God. I'm a musician by the grace by the grace of God. But you will never get to the top just by grace. You will get to the top by labor. And the day when the master returns, he's not coming to ask you about how well you have kept the grace. On that day, our master would access for the profits we made from those graces. And the only way we can make profit is by adding value. Ghana add value to what God has given to you. We want to just spend some time in prayer. We ask for the grace that was on the man with five talents, the grace that was on the servant with two talents. That Father, may we work with what you have given to us. Just as Paul told Timothy, give yourself wholly unto these things. Whatever God has entrusted into your hands in the year 2022, give yourself wholly. That is the only way you can make profit. If you are a YouTuber, don't be producing one YouTube video once a week, once a month. Produce the movies, the, the videos. If you are a journalist, you are a writer, release. It will take effort. You need to do a lot of research. You do need to do a lot of calls. But that is what it takes to be prolific. You just come back from work and all you do is to press your phone and turn the TV remote and say, me, I'm tired, I'm tired. We are all tired. I remember um one of these actors, I forgot him, is it? Um, his name I just escaped me, an African, an African-American actor. I think he was giving a speech at the graduation of a particular um, a, a film school. And he said that this world is run by tired people. The world is run by tired people. That's how you make profits. Father, help us. May we pay the price for the grace you have given to us. May we pay the price for the talents you have given to us. Because when you return, it's not about what we have. It's not about how well we kept what you gave us but about the profit we made with what you gave us. For we know that herein is the Father glorified that we would bear much fruit. Father, we ask that you will pay the price in bearing fruits. We ask that you will be fruitful Christians in the name of our Lord Jesus. Father, we ask for your pruning, Lord. Every distraction, Lord. Everything that is taking away our attention, our energy from focusing on what you have given to us, from making profit on what you have given to us. Father, we ask for your pruning ability, Lord. Prune our lives, Lord. Circumcise us, Lord. Take away every tone, every distraction in our life, Lord. In the name of our Lord Jesus, may we pay the price of adding value. Peter told us that to your faith, giving all diligence, we pray for grace to give all diligence that to our faith, we would add virtue. To our virtue, we would add knowledge. To our knowledge, we would add temperance. To our temperance, we would add um, brotherly kindness. To our brotherly kindness, we would add godliness. To our godliness, we would add charity. For we know that if we abound in these things, we will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not just enough to have the knowledge, but we need to add to these things. 
it is not just enough to be anointed we need to add value to the anointed father we pray for the adding grace we pray for the multiplying grace we know that you told us be fruitful and multiply we know that what you expect from us is for us to work based on the graces you have given to us is for us to use the talents you have given to us and to profit therein and we speak to our souls we speak to ourselves Sam, give yourself holy to the ministry that God has given to you mention your name that I will give myself holy to the ministry that God has given to me take heed Sam, that you take that you give yourself holy to the ministry that God has given to you and that you accomplish in Ezra chapter 6 verse 14 and they built and they prospered to the prophesying they built and they finished it we will build and we will finish it it is not enough to have gold it is not enough to have talents it is not enough to have good lands it is not enough to have graces and anointings we must profit from these things we must labor from these things and in this year 2022 we are fruitful in this year 2022 we would increase in this year 2022 we are adding to our five talents we are adding to our two talents in the name of our lord jesus we are not our talents we are not giving excuses we are not giving excuses but we are, but we are fruitful in the name of our lord jesus amen wow i'm charged up i'm so charged up for this year and i hope that you are we know you are tired after work we know you have so many things to juggle master returns but when the master returns he's not coming for the five the two and the one he's coming for the profits that you need he's coming for the profits that you need on the five the two and the one may god not call us wicked and slothful servants in jesus name we thank god for this opportunity and we hope that you are still consistently praying the six prayers that god has given to us and i'm encouraging you that during this week go back to what you wrote in when you are left alone with god and make sure that you are keeping in step with what god gives you for the year 2022 remember to give god your very best your very very best and to make sure that you all know man nothing but love see you next week invite a friend to join us and study with us even as god releases graces upon us and remember the grace is to work and make profit see you next week and have a good night bye bye